0: So, feeling a lot of mudita. Feeling a lot of mudita. Seeing those of you who are settled in the practice. It's so such a, an important and precious thing to take time of retreat, to really slow down and put down our habitual ways of doing things and to take care of just the, the very simple present moment. The Buddha and all the awakened ones are continuously dwelling in the present. Um, Not just dwelling in the present, but dwelling free from greed, free from aversion, free from confusion in the present. And it's really, um, you know, it's really those three poisons that... uh, keep us pulling away from the present, back to the past, up up to the future, all round and round, not quite sure what I should be doing now, that, that um, that they obscure us from the beauty and the power of this present moment. And some of you may have settled in deeply and uh, experienced a a paradigm shift that can happen when we fully rest into the present. The mind can open, relax, settle. And... uh, Our whole um, system of priorities gets turned on its head in those times where the mind fully settles into the present. So it seems to me that it's um, a lot of the, a lot of what motivates people in life is uh, trying to get away from unpleasant feeling, feeling tone, and trying to get pleasant feeling tone. I think that's a lot of us get pushed around by those things a lot of the time. And uh, you know, as we continue in the practice and deepen in the practice, uh, we may experience uh, intensities of both of these, both pleasant and unpleasant feeling tone. And uh, and then there can be times when you know we might be in the midst of quite an unpleasant bodily feeling and then something shifts and the mind lets go. It's it's no longer battling with that uh, feeling tone and suddenly everything's okay and the body no longer feels painful. So there can be those moments where, and then it kind of makes us wonder a little bit, hmm, what is going on? Because when it's, the feeling tone is strong, it, it feels very real. And it's hard to get a perspective on it. But then there can be these moments where it just drops away unexpectedly. And I think it, the same can happen with our emotional feelings. You know, the things that we're holding on to. the Things that we're regretting or resenting or fearing, or uh, anticipating. In a way they, they pull us out of the present, or they pull us out of alignment with the present. They're always happening in the present. But they pull us into some other experience. So in our ceremony at the New Year, at the ending of one year and the beginning of the next, we had a ritual to let go of what we don't want to carry anymore, what we don't want to carry into this new year, and, uh, and made that, those beautiful intentions, and some of the people still have them as their names, we made those beautiful intentions for this year. And on the first day, it can be really very lovely and inspiring and strong. And then even by the second day, you can start to wonder, you know, am I really going to be able to develop that? So we need to take care of these, uh, these aspirations and also to really appreciate the, the possibility of letting go and moving on and not always being pulled back by by our past by our past uh, situations and uh, by our past by our stories of the past so when when the present is full of resentment about the past then we're filling the present moment with resentment And uh, when the present is full of the fear of the future, we're filling the present with fear. So in a way we want to empty the present moment. We want to empty it of of all of the, the clutter that we can fill it with. So we might, uh, I think we've had such good training over the last couple of years, you know, to to let go of a a dream of a perfect year. (laughs) And if we let go of that dream of a perfect year, then we can be open to receive life as it comes. So there's a, a quote uh, from the Buddha, and it's, um, it's connected with a Dhammapada verse. I'll read the verse first. Uh, the good give up attachment for everything, those with insight do not prattle uh, for sensual craving. Whether affected by happiness or by pain, the wise show neither elation or depression. And the quote at the end of this, of this uh, the story that goes along with this verse is the Buddha saying, It is the nature of the foolish to be full of sorrow and feel depressed when things go wrong, and to be full of happiness and feel elated when things go well. The wise, however, can withstand the ups and downs of life. The wise, however, can withstand the ups and downs of life. <laughs> I kind of like that. So, you know, it's not that there are... It's Sometimes in the suttas it sounds like there are foolish people and there are wise people. Most of us have got a bit of a mix of foolish and wise in us. And uh, so we can just see, you know, when there's that longing for things to work out a certain way. That's the, fool, the foolish part of us, that's, you know, that's uh, in, our, in our yearning we're missing the good that's here. And we might even be missing the, the lessons that we've been given in this life and the opportunities to transform old karma, to transform difficult karma. Uh, if we're sorrowing for the past you know, we have to let the, the past rest we have to find uh, make peace with what has happened in the past and that doesn't mean that we can't influence this moment in fact it gives us more agency more clarity more power in this moment to uh, to meet the present with 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 much greater possibility so sometimes we need help in letting go can't always do it on our own and uh, there are many ways. It can be friendship, it can be talking things through, it can be therapy, it can be uh, group healing. It can be uh in you know, changing the way we do things not uh, not being not just following the same old patterns of behavior. You know, sometimes we we may have learnt to push it all down. So if we've learnt to do that, it's important to carefully unpack in a way that's still aligned with the path where there's awareness, sati and interest. And there's that context of anatta, not in a denial of self, but in understanding the self as a process. And the very investigation of this story of self is part of that process. So if we can uh, touch into the wise part of us that has already endured so many ups and downs, in life and has not only um, survived but has actually you know found skillful ways of living has uh, come to the Dhamma has an interest in in cultivation so we can appreciate the tenacity and the creativity and the endurance sometimes of, of those uh, parts of us that is that have held the challenges, the difficult stuff through through many years. We can appreciate those parts of us and that in you know they've brought us to this teaching. We often come to the Dhamma through dukkha. It's often the, the the door for many people who are not raised in Buddhist countries. Often the door to the Dhamma is Dukkha. And, uh, and seeing the limitations of this, uh, of, the, of the stories of society actually. So uh, in our practice if, we, if we're just meditating and having a nice little retreat and then going back to trying to you know, squeeze the most out of our life and out of society then we're kind of it's like we have well it's like having a diamond and uh, and looking at it once a year and then Sticking in the bottom of the sock drawer, we don't really make the best of that precious gift. So we want to bring that diamond out and uh, look at its many facets and enjoy it, appreciate it in the moments, watch the gleam of light, see how it's how it gleams different in the sunlight and in the moonlight and the rain. So this practice is like a it's like a precious jewel that we've been given in our lives. It's rare to come by, believe good or not. Rare to really hear the Dhamma and in deeply in the heart. So uh and each of of us has been given that very precious gift it's actually these diamonds are everywhere available for everyone but not everyone sees them not everyone can appreciate the the beauty the, the brightness the amazing um in a way, amazing, amazing simplicity and profundity of becoming fully present. And uh, you know, and the the more we can come back to that place of presence, this place of presence. And it's not just being present, sitting on in one's arm in, in the armchair. You know, it's it's also when it's like presence and what can be brought to this moment that's wholesome. So as Ahimsa has been reminding us each morning, you know, we practice for our own benefit and for the benefit of all beings. So it's just little things. It's interesting how it's the little things that are are so important. You can have the, the most wonderful situation in your life, but without being present there's no contentment there's no real enjoyment so those little little gestures of care cooking with care taking care of you know one's body one's home one's environment one's relationships And, of course, one's heart and mind. So, so, so important. I'm going to read that one more time, remembering that we all have a bit of foolish and a bit of wise in us. It is the nature of the foolish to be full of sorrow and feel depressed when things go wrong, and to be full of happiness and feel elated when things go well. The wise, however, can withstand the ups and downs of life. So developing that equanimity, that uh, evenness, that acceptance that uh, is okay with the ups and downs of life. So when I really in this retreat situation when I really pay attention to the heart, mind, the, the the wavering of the heart is an idea of wanting something in the future, or or wanting to move away from something difficult, or an, or an a basic kind of um, doubt in the present, and I can I can feel it. This kind of the heart's pushing and pulling and pushing and pulling, and then if you just drop that, and then with this, there's no problem. all is well. And we forget again and again. And we have to remember again and again. So please, uh, today, you know, today's the last day of our retreat together, but not hopefully our last day of practice. So bring out that diamond, Look at it carefully. Enjoy the sparkle of it. See how strong it is. This is the diamond of your practice, of your connection to the Dhamma. It's a very precious treasure. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.com